You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mom Halo podcast. I'm your host, Alana Capitz, and I'm super excited to have an old friend into our Zoom Zoom studio today. Welcome, everybody. Laura Wood. Hello. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) How are you doing, Laura? I am good. I am good. Yeah. I'm feeling the spring awakening that yeah. I think we all hope for. <laughs> uh, tell me more. Laura, tell us all who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Please go ahead. Uh, so I'm Laura Wood. I live in Toronto, and I've lived here for a long time now, but I'm originally from the East Coast and kind of um, feel those roots strongly in my <laughs> life and personality. Um, and I work with pre and postnatal people pretty specifically, um, in a various variety of ways. I used to work as a birth doula and I teach pre and postnatal yoga and Pilates and have a couple of online, um, businesses with like a subscription site for busy moms <laughs> with fitness. And that's really great with my business partner, Dara Bergeron from mom bod love with who's everybody's, you know, bestie when it comes to moving their body <laughs> postpartum. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And tell us, do you, how many kiddos you have? Got two kids and they are big and giant and it hurts. <laughs> it's lovely and it's painful to see them growing up. So they're um, almost 12 and nine. Um, yeah, it's been a a journey and it's just getting started, you know, (laughs) a lifelong journey, the lifelong journey of parenthood. Okay. So yeah, back to the real, like, let's go to the sort of the ground floor. What is a birth doula? So a birth doula is someone that you've developed a relationship hopefully with, um, before birth. And that's kind of really important because a lot of times people are going in to the hospital or wherever the birth center, and they aren't familiar with their care provider. So a doula is kind of a person you already have a relationship with that is supporting you through your labor pretty much the entire time from the time that you feel like, oh shit, I need some, somebody to hold my hand, uh, to, you know, a couple hours after birth. Sorry. Um, my, my Wi-Fi is acting up a bit, so I'm just going to go off camera. The audio. Okay. So why would somebody need to hire a doula? So, I feel like, you know, I've had two, two kiddos and um, had a, a really great team of birth um, attendants, midwives, and my husband. And I really needed someone 
that was really focused on me and my kind of emotional, (laughs) where I was at emotionally to help guide me physically because your care providers are busy doing all sorts of other things. And so having someone that's just there to check in and be present with you, um, that's talked to you about some of your concerns, some of your fears, um, some of your desires and wishes for this birth. So I think just having that person that's like really tuned into you, that is absolutely there to support your partner as well. Um, and to help them feel included, because I think a lot of the times birth partners are also going through their own fear and anxiety and overwhelm. And so they need a little bit of encouragement and support as well. Like it's their, you know, this is a big life-changing moment for them too. So just having that, that person, that kind of rock to check in with, Um, and that's really present and there for you and your partner, I think it's like huge. I love that so much. I think I, what do you think people don't understand? Cause I find that like a lot of people go into birth as a first time mom and they might not fully understand. So when are people hiring a doula? Are they hiring a doula sort of on their second time they become a mom and they're like, I want to do this differently. Are you finding most of people that you've worked with? are sort of know that this is what they want. I think it's a worthwhile investment. It might feel expensive in a free healthcare situation. Yeah. For sure. Like having somebody in your corner, who's literally there for your best interest, for your needs, yeah. really taking care of your well being. It's kind of a hard thing for women to grapple with. Tell me a bit about that process. I personally, you know, I don't work as a birth doula right now. I have, um, when I had, younger kids and could kind of, which is weird that I actually did it when my kids were younger. Anyways, doesn't matter. I haven't done it for a while, but, um, so I've been working with people in, um, in movement classes. And I do notice a lot of people that are, um, second time parents are coming to me. So their first experience did not go as they hoped, or maybe their postpartum recovery didn't go as well as they hoped. Like they had a lot of potential injury or strain um, through the birthing process. And then postpartum recovery was really challenging. And now they're like, I've got a second kid. I, or sorry, I've got a kid and a new baby. Like I can't be, you know, feeling um, dealing with pain for months and months on end. I got to like figure this out. And so they're looking how they can support themselves and actually encourage and assist with the birthing process rather than just kind of feel like they can't, they have no agency. They're not able to support and help themselves through it. So I see the, do see a lot of second time. I, I personally work with a lot of second time parents. Um, but I think overall people, and I think this is changing, but for a long time, people just kind of wanted to have that ideal birth. They were afraid. They were uncertain of how to navigate the um, hospital um, medical system. And so they just wanted like somebody to kind of assist them through that. Now I feel like there's just this little bit of a shift in this kind of like stepping into their own power and having a support person there to kind of assist them through that. So it's less about like, I need this person to protect me and more like, I actually know and feel confident that I can do this. And I just need somebody to like 
be with me and to hold the space and support me through this. So I really am excited about that because yeah, women, people, birthers are strong and we can do this. And we just need like that little bit of, like I said, somebody there to like be present with you, to kind of encourage you and less like protect you from this um, scary experience. So let's take us to now. Your your work now primarily is movement, yoga, Pilates. How does that, yeah. tell us about what makes yoga, movement, Pilates different when we're expecting mamas versus, and maybe sort of early, you know, perinatal postpartum. Yeah. How do we approach that differently, Laura? So I think that movement can really help us come into our bodies, into ourselves. And during pregnancy, there is a lot that is new to us. There, Our bodies are changing, like, <laughs> as you know, drastically. We are dealing with pain and discomfort, things that make us feel like uncertain. We are, we're not like, what, like, we're just not familiar with this. What is happening? My body is changing. I don't feel good. I don't know what to do. And so I think that movement practices are kind of this missing piece. Yes, we have, you know, prenatal yoga and whatnot that kind of um, adapt to the pregnant body. So like, what modifications do we need? And that's really helpful. And absolutely, we need that. I think we can get even more specific of like using movement as a tool to build the physical strength, but awareness and connection um, to just help you feel more trusting of your body, to understand how your body works, like the mechanics and biomechanics of your body. And that birth is just like a natural process that happens to us. And we can actually learn to work with that. So that's kind of where I'm at, that we're not just doing like a movement practice that is, which is totally what I used to teach, which is just like, let's modify yoga to make it kind of fit the pregnant body. And it's like, let's find the best movement practices to really build support and strength in the pregnant body and help you feel empowered and confident and to understand. Um, I think a lot of times we just kind of gloss over like that we can actually work with our bodies. Like we're in our bodies and we can learn how to move in a way that promotes and assists the birthing process. That's not something we're really learning in um, kind of mainstream prenatal movement classes, yoga classes, and definitely not in like most kind of run of the mill hospital childbirth classes for sure. I think that's important. I find that when I talk to a lot of mamas, the relationship with body, and I know you and Laura do hit this sort of head on in your business product. Talk to me about the woman's relationship to her body when you guys are sort of addressing this. And I talked to you about your, your obviously your business practice, but this sort of joint business venture. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are really good at being so good at, I want to just say like body neutrality, body inclusivity, diversity of body representation, that women show up in all sorts of forms and figures and not feeling like they need to confine to one way or one body type. And that to me was always very 
interesting as I exist sort of in a larger body form. And I'm not about shrinking myself in yeah. this world. That's not who I am, but yeah. I do like working out and I do enjoy fitness and I do enjoy body movement. I find Laura that maybe you can help think about this a bit. Talk about that. What is the relationship to your business, your ideologies in the woman's form? I think that when I started teaching prenatal and postnatal, but even prenatal yoga, it was about how to stay fit, like how to stay toned, how to how to minimize weight gain, how just to say it. just say it. I mean, like, it's a different practice now than it was, but it felt yeah. right what it was, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, and then definitely changed a little bit after I had kids, but even after that, like it took a long time of me going on my own journey for sure to kind of come to terms with movement being about function rather than like a way to keep your body looking a certain way, or like you said, to shrink it or to um, manage weight and more about function and how we feel in it. And it took a you know, couple kids and a couple of like rough postpartum recoveries myself to be like, yeah, it really is about how my body feels, um, what I feel held back from. Um, I think, you know, personally, I dealt with a lot of back pain in my first pregnancy and a lot of post or sorry, a lot of pelvic floor issues after my first, and it leaves you feeling, um, depleted, like anxious, scared, um, untrusting of your body, like you're broken. And I just really do not want other people to feel that way, to feel like if they have this constant nagging back pain that we internalize that as something's wrong and I'm not strong enough and I can't do this. And when that plays into birth, then that's the story we're telling ourselves. Like we can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not able to manage and deal with pain and discomfort. And so that's what we're telling ourselves on a daily basis. And so that's going to 100% impact the way you feel when you're birthing your child, totally, or even preparing to birth your child. So, um, yeah, I think like focusing and shifting the attention to function, checking in with how you're feeling and really placing the emphasis on that. I mean, that's been a game changer in the way that I move my own body and how I teach. And I think that's really profound for people that are starting to kind of um, use movement in a different way, like in a positive way, rather than feeling like they need to change the way they look or they need to maintain a certain aesthetic. Um, Yeah. And now... A word from our mom, Halo, podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Kids and Company is Canada's leading provider of childcare with over 100 locations across the country and in the United States. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. And with 20 years of experience in the childcare space comes a ton of innovation in how they cater to their families. They have in-classroom webcams, an app that provides daily updates for parents, a from-scratch menu, and wonderful high-quality educators. These are just a few of the amazing things about Kids and Company. 
My daughter attends one of their centers and I can vouch for how incredible they are far beyond others we've attended. They're offering families who register and start care by July 31st, 2022, a waived registration fee that applies to new registrations only. Call their team at one 866 Co to register for this offer. You won't regret it. Still dealing with leaky diapers? It's time to try Rascal and Friends. Designed with you and your little one in mind, Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers ticks all the boxes. Affordable, safe on sensitive skin, deliciously soft and super absorbent. Plus, their unique design provides up to 12 hours of leak production to keep your baby comfy and dry day and night. Join the thousands of parents making the switch and say goodbye to leaks. Shop Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers, Training Pants, and Sensitive Wipes at Walmart today. I love that. No, I, I think that's super important. What I like about movement and what I love about yoga, I have to say probably for seven and a half years, I was doing yoga three to five times a week. Okay. I fucking loved it, Laura. Like, I think for me in my dreams at that time, probably 2014, 2015, I was like, I'm going to become a yoga instructor full time. Like, that's what I thought my life was going to be. I thought I was going to do the course and I was going to be this like yoga person. Like, I thought that was going to be my next like iteration of my life. And then that never happened for me. And I completely exited like my ex, my yoga life and my yoga practice. And I mourned that time, to be honest, where like yoga informed everything I did. Like it was literally the sort of tent poles of my week. It was the tent poles of my day. And I wasn't very good, to be honest. I wasn't <laughs> yoga. I'm not very flexible, but I found the practice itself of bending and stretching was so good and breathing and all of those holding poses was so medicine for me. It was like really medicine. Um, mm. And here I am now almost five years later from probably like, you know, having three kids and finally feeling like, you know, getting closer towards maybe, hmm, like, could I bring that back into my life in a way that's really meaningful? And for me, I find it's about body ease. Like just mm-hmm. feeling like I function in the world with ease. Versus, mm-hmm. Like for me personally, like I feel like now and for many years and for many reasons, I feel like my body functions in like dis-ease, like not disease. Uh-huh. Like, yes. I don't feel at ease. I feel like I don't have my joints lubricated, my my actual spine feels stiff. I had a chiropractor here last night. She's like, you are so tight and stiff everywhere. I'm like, I know, I don't, I don't know what to happen. So for women like me who like once found so much solace in yoga and in movement and Pilates, like how do we get back there? How do you sort of incorporate it in your life and make it that medicine again? What would you suggest? I think that we're, aware that like we can do short workouts now, like, okay, I could, you know, there's millions of apps out there. They're like, let's, here are 10 minute workouts, 15 minutes and mama reset is one of them. But, um, when we think of yoga, we have this like very clear image that what yoga means is going to a beautiful studio with soothing music and a lovely teacher. And that's yoga. And we feel really intimidated in how to actually do an at-home practice and how to use yoga as a tool for managing stress, managing tension in our body. And so for me, it's like, let's think, I do use the term movement a lot more, um, which is, 
you know, somewhat vague to some people. But I think the idea of moving our body and using different tools, like you said, Pilates and yoga and strength training, like mobility training, and thinking about it as just tools, that your yoga practice is not going to look like it did before you had kids or when you had the time, maybe you to go to a beautiful studio and be there. I mean, classes used to be 90 minutes long, an hour and a half. Like people don't have time for that. And I think we can reap the benefits of 10 minutes of intentional movement at home. That can be such a profound shift in your body, your energy, your mindset. And so just finding like, just thinking about yoga as a tool rather than this like strict set of, you know, it has to be an hour and a half. It has to be um, the full sun salutations and I have to be super flexible. I have to be able to do chaturanga and like, no, you don't like you just need to move your body and breathe. And to me, like yoga is profound in its intentionality. Like we it's an intentional practice and it's an opportunity to shift your attention inward. And so that's, that's it. Like, how can we find that in five minutes at home? Like that will be a profound. How <laughs> that is profound. I find for me, part of the shtick was going to a studio and being totally hiring so and talking to the little, you know, energy exchange, you know, person behind the, the desk. person at the yeah. desk. Yeah. yeah was, like I really, the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. And I found like I had a studio that I really love to go to. And now it's so far away. Like it takes 25 minutes to get to where a place I used to go. Um, and then they opened a studio, a second studio near closer to my house. I was going there probably 2019, like right before the pandemic, I was actually sort of picking it back up again. I just feel like Maybe it's because I'm like an all or nothing personality. I'm such a Gemini that way. But like, I don't know. How do you put five minutes a day of yoga? Tell me, Laura, school me. How do I put the five minutes a day of yoga into my life? Um, I mean, the amazing and positive thing. Well, I shouldn't say amazing thing. But one of the positives of COVID and pandemic living is there are so many more ways to access yoga virtually and online now. So If that's like, if having a guide or a set movement practice kind of delivered to you is helpful, then do that. Like find an app, find a, um, a teacher, a class, a a website that gives you those kind of things. I don't know. I mean, finding like a five minute practice, 10 minute practice, your favorite things. Like I like to do forward fold, downward dog, and a twist, like just write out five moves that you like to do, five poses, and just do that. Like it does definitely, it's totally about the mindset. And I think yoga particularly, although all fitness really is kind of set up in that like teacher student way. Like there is a person that teaches you and I listen to that. That's like how yoga in Western, well, really, but definitely in the Western culture is, is we go to somebody, they tell us what to do. And just like birth, we can take and reclaim that. Like we can be our own teachers. We can empower ourselves. So five moves that you like to do, just do them on your mat. Um, take a stretch break from work, just do five minutes, 
Um, do you five minutes of stretching while you're watching TV at the end of the night? Or I was going to say while you're waiting for your coffee, but like in the morning, but I'm not, I'm not doing anything while I'm waiting for my coffee. I'm waiting for that coffee. Yeah. So finding pockets of time, like just using it as a tool to tend to your body rather than like, I am now going to do yoga. Like just take a five minute stretch break while you're working at your desk. That's yoga. That's yoga. That's tending to your body. That's intentional movement. That's bringing your attention inward. That's caring for yourself, which will help you care for others around you. Um, so I don't know, choose, choose five movements. That's all. That's the most specific thing I can do or find an app, find a teacher. There's a shit ton of yoga on Instagram these days. <laughs> There's free movement inspiration everywhere, but it's really about the mindset because there is that information out there. There's no lack of free content when it comes to fitness and movement and wellness. It's really just shifting away from that idea of like, I am only doing yoga if it looks like this. If it looks like me on my mat and my fancy Lululemons with calming music and candles, like no, yoga is moving your body intentionally. And you can do that in five minutes while your kids are squirming around on the ground, climbing on your leg, it's, you know, not what it used to look like, and it might not even be ideal, but it is caring for yourself and nurturing your body. Um, yeah. Okay. It's not very specific. No, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try. Maybe I'll even try to namaste today. We'll see. Tell me about <laughs> Pilates. What is Pilates? Like the actual practice of Pilates. Why is somebody doing Pilates versus anything else? Because I've heard people find they love Pilates, but it's like a... I don't know. Just, I don't really know what it is. So what is Pilates and, and how do you do it? <laughs> uh, well, it's moving your body in a way that I would say brings a bit more attention and awareness to your core as a system. That's how I teach it. So I think, you know, in the nineties, we thought of Pilates as like purely a way to train and tone our abdominals. And, to, and that was what, you know, became kind of famous for celebrities who used it as like a way to tone up their body after they had kids or whatever the case may be. Um, so I think the modern iteration of that is the core is a system, a full body system. And so how can we use our whole body to support ourselves through movement? So there's just like a, a bit of a different focus on that core system that you don't necessarily get in yoga, or even that you don't necessarily get in like, um, kind of mainstream fitness. And so I think that idea of learning to support and hold your body up and to use your core through a variety of movements and ways of moving your body um, is Pilates to me. Yeah, no, I, to me, I think what I, a mindset shift that I saw was sort of some people I knew who practiced Pilates was attaining really like actually profound results with sort of body tone by doing, I want to say like very slow intentional work. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling like 
I'm talking about when I was in university. Honestly, that's the first time I heard about Pilates. And seeing some of my friends like get really cut, like using Pilates and understanding, like it just seemed like woo-woo to me. Like, what do you mean? You're like, <laughs> slowly? I, mean I think it's really focused movement and a bit more about control. Whereas yoga is really about it, it, sorry, it's not about this, but yoga has kind of become synonymous with flexibility. So, and kind of that idea of openness and like, almost like you're a better human being, the more flexible and the more open you are. Whereas I feel like Pilates is a little bit more about containment and about control, not control in like a excessive way, but like learning to work with our body um, and support ourselves through movement rather than just kind of this like deep, open softness and relaxation that um, a lot of people have gravitated to yoga for. So I don't know if it's woo-woo. <laughs> but I, I, not, I, I don't think it's woo-woo now. I thought it was woo-woo then because I didn't yeah. understand movement slow. It didn't make sense to me that you did something totally. slow and that you saw results. So to me, that was like, I thought, you know, I remember the first time I was- Harder, on, faster, cardio, yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I remember the first time there was this reformer studio in Toronto that I went to once or twice. Oh my god, what was it called? It was crazy. What was it called? Legree? Legree. When Legree yeah. first opened in Toronto. And that's what you know, I was sort of like a, I want to say like a bougie gym junkie. Like it was like the newest, hottest, most expensive. Yeah. I had to go. It was like, I don't know. Obviously, that's my personality. I needed to be in the know on everything and experience everything. And I went to one degree class and I could not move. Like I couldn't, yeah. there was a sign on the stairs walking down saying like, hold on to the railings because you might fall. And I remember like, how was I in so much pain from doing such small movements? It was just such totally. a, huge, you know, rude yeah. awakening to me. Yeah. Pilates was really a profound shift for me in the way of understanding that I could actually support my body. Yoga was kind of to me like I can support my body and mind through this yoga practice and I can, you know, release tension and find I don't know, like greater flexibility and depth and it was definitely an empowering experience that I I could like move my body in these ways that kind of felt good to me. But I had like back pain pelvic floor stuff going on. This was kind of after having kids. And I, that's when I started practicing Pilates was because I was just having this constant back pain and it was really impassed. And I would just go to, like you said, a chiropractor, a massage, you know, I had a whole team of people working on my body and Pilates helped me realize I can do that myself. I can learn how to create support in my body rather than having to go to somebody else to like readjust me and release tension with a massage. Like I could actually do that in my own body um, by tuning in, being a little bit more um, specific with my movement and just... Yeah, it was a, a major shift. Uh, but I've definitely been in those places too of like going to the hardest class just to prove like 
to try the hardest thing. I mean, I'm silly, right? Because I, I don't understand, like, I'm trying to form better habits in my life as I get older and understand that I'm such an all or nothing chick. Yeah. Um, so my, my, my question for you is, as we sort of wrap here in our conversation today, if there's one piece of advice you want our mom, our parent folk listeners to hear, what do you want them to hear today, Laura, if they hear nothing else about your practice and you or your business, any wisdom here today? I think people need, I want people to know that they can, that they are stronger than they think, but that doesn't, like you've said, need to be harder, faster, stronger, that tuning in and listening to your body and maybe slowing the F down and breathing and nurturing their body will actually have profound changes so that they can do those harder, faster, fun things too. But we need to like just slow down a little bit and connect inward and like treat our body with some respect and love and, um, and build that kind of inner awareness and that inner strength, um, that comes from core and, and intentional movement, um, so that you can go and do those fun things. But that's like the foundation It's just kind of come back to your body, like slow down, let's check in, let's see what's going on. How is it feeling? Like what's, how are you feeling in your body? Um, so we are stronger. We have agency. We can affect and create change in our body. We can feel good in our body, both physically and emotionally. Um, but we got to like slow down, got to slow down, breathe, check in before we just like jump to the hard shit. <laughs> Because it doesn't mean you're weak, like slowing down and actually being, you know, a little slower and more methodical and intentional with your movement does not mean it's not a step back. It's like the strong foundation that you need. Um, But it's a hard, it's a hard shift because we want to do the hard stuff, the big stuff. Yeah. I find like millennial moms who are, it's our core demographic. Like we're so, and I'll put myself in this camp. Like we're so good at stuff, right? We don't set ourselves up for failure. Like we tend to be really good or super committed or, you know, didn't maybe experience so much failure or didn't have so many things that we were bad at or weren't, we would never do something that we wouldn't like either enjoy totally. or really good at. So to yes. do something again that you once enjoyed or were good at, but can't necessarily do the way that you perfectly it, it, yes it, it's a hard it's a hard thing to grapple with right to like not totally. be you know um that extremist you know I remember going to Ferris like some another sort of boutique oh my god I'm such a junkie I'm so bad I'm so shame on me <laughs> no <laughs> no I was such a junkie I used to go to Ferris like what four days a week at 6 30 in the morning like you know, the two years before I even got married that was like my thing I went every four days a week that was my community it was like a definitive part of my, my identity was sort of really being committed to that, to that stuff. I hated it, but I did it, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I really hated it, but I, but I found solace and community and I really, I'm a joiner, right? Like I like, obviously <laughs> I build community for a living. Um, you know, I love joining stuff. I love being a part of stuff. If I'm not necessarily facilitate, f- facilitating something, I love 
with my whole self participating in somebody else's offer of community. So for me, I think that my big shift is like community, such a big part of my fitness journey and always has been a studio, a class, uh, a group of people doing this together, which to me is part of the motivation. Um, It's a hard thing to to sort of grapple with. So I appreciate Laura so much what you just said. Um, Laura, tell people if they want to find you, follow you, what you're selling, what they can buy, (laughs) where are you at and what's up for sale? So you can find me at andshemoves.com and there are movement practices and programs available virtually for pregnancy, postpartum, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Um, You can also find me with my business partner, Dara Bergeron at the Mama Reset. And that's just a great and fun place to hang out with us. Speaking of community, like you can find community um, not in a physical location, it, we, all together, as you know, and as you've created, there's um, an ability to find that support and, and community virtually, thankfully. Um, so yeah, and she moves, Mama Reset, movement to um, boost you, your spirits <laughs> and your life. I love that. Well, Laura, it was super great having you on the podcast today. Folks, please, if you're not already following Laura Wood on Instagram, um, come on over. Come on over and check her out. And we're really excited to see whatever you have coming up for this year. I wish you so much luck, Laura, with all your oh my gosh. family for- and all your goodness. Yes. Thanks for having me and um, being part of your amazing community. I was Thank so you. grateful for that. Like awesome. inspired greatly by you. Oh, come on. Thank you, Laura, so much. And we'll see you around. I'll see you on the gram for sure. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new sick kids designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.